Coming at you live from the Smoky Mountain Ghostbusters headquarters, this is the Mass Turbulence Podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to the Mass Turbulence Podcast brought to you by the Smoky Mountain Ghostbusters. My name is John and I am your host and today with the Smoky Mountain Ghostbusters, who do we have with us on the line? Well, John, after having to be absent last week, you got Luke back with you this week, and I'm glad to be uh, here talking to you and uh, our friends from Atlanta today. And then you got your buddy Mikey, or Michael, who's here again this week. All right. So, uh, like we usually say every week, uh, if you want to uh, listen to the Mass Turbulence podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and just about any other podcast provider out there. And uh, also, check us out on Facebook. You can come to, uh, I think we, our Facebook address is at Knoxbusters. Is that right, Luke? You're That's a PR guy, so. Knoxbusters. And you can also uh, email us at SmokeyMNTGhostbusters at gmail.com. So as uh, Luke kind of said a minute ago, yes, we have the Atlanta Ghostbusters on the line with us today, and we're going to be roasting them, I mean interviewing them, uh, for all of you Ghostbuster franchises out there who are listening. Uh, so who we got with us today from Atlanta? Well, I'm uh, Joe Riccadelli, uh, one of the founders of the Atlanta Ghostbusters. And, I'm and I have... Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, go ahead, Joe. You can. <laughs> I was going to say, and with us here is Michael Mormino, a co-founder. <laughs> hey, go guys. ahead. And when we say co-founders, there were there were still still a handful handful of other folks. Uh, we're just the ones that showed up for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, too many too many founders spoil the pot. You know. <laughs> oh, and we're we're very so. spoiled. Don't get founders. <laughs> yeah, we just we, ruined it from day yeah. one. We decided to throw. We decided to throw all interested parties in the pot and say, "Let's keep it. Uh, let's keep it transparent." And we just happened to have a really good bunch of folks in the in the first round. It was really we we looked around and realized, "Holy cow, we've got marketing people and design people and mouth people who are good at being spokespeople." We just really had a really great crew to start this thing out with. So yeah, tell us a little about the history of Atlanta Ghostbusters. We're we're very interested in how these how all the franchises get started uh, because, you know, this is your show guys and we want to showcase, you know, what makes you all special. So uh, tell us a little bit about your history. Joe, you want to take this one? All right. Um, well, we, most of us that, uh, that, be, that started the franchise uh, met each other doing Ghostbusters stuff with uh, the Georgia Ghostbusters. And they mostly were in you know Southern central Georgia down around Macon and such. There were some pe people from Atlanta, but we wanted to do more events here in Atlanta, uh, and then that sort of snowballed into its into a into like a big thing. We ended up um, deciding that rather than having to go through uh, the Georgia Ghostbusters every time, like uh, I think it was sort of decided that we were going to make our own group. Um, we you know left that group, kind of all got together. Everyone who was local to Atlanta that, that was already doing all these things got together at. Uh, I think it was like Bookhouse Pub over on on Ponce, because uh, it had like a big open table outside where we could be loud and discuss incredibly nerdy and embarrassing things so that other people didn't have to listen in. 
And uh, we're like, so what are we going to do? All right. Like, are we going to, you know, it's like we decided there we were going to create a new group. We decided what we were going to be called. We're like, we got to come up with a logo. We'll figure that out. And that was like a group chat. Uh, and then there was like one one person who had left the, the Georgia group uh, like a week or so before us. It was like, we should call we should call him up. We should see if he wants to be a part of this whole thing. And it was just like a lot of enth- like a lot of energy, like a lot of very chaotic energy. <laughs> but we were like, what does everyone do? It was like, well, I'm a maker. I'm more of a prop builder. It's like I'm more of a social media person and like design person. And I'm more, you know, one of our guys is a DJ and like knows contacts for like 80s nights and things like that around town. And, um, you know, some you know, uh, folks that know nonprofit stuff and how to work with charities. Like there was like a really uh, strange set of talents all together. Uh, one person we still haven't recruited is someone who knows anything about keeping a 30 something year old hearse on the road. That's, that's, that's someone that we desperately need. <laughs> you need, the, you that, need the Ray of the group. You mean, <laughs> that's the need, one thing we need we a do. gearhead bad. We keep on getting someone that's like 10% at it and not quite more than that. And like 90% enthusiasm and, and 10% Sorry, guys. I live too far away or I'd give you a hand. All right. So this is the this is the pitch. If you are a gearhead and you know how to work on cars, especially hearses, give the Atlanta Ghostbusters Atlanta a call area. today. Yeah, we've got a 1985 uh, Cadillac. Uh, what's it? It's a, I know it's a Collins hearse. I'm trying to remember the Cadillac Fleetwood Collins hearse. That sounds right. Uh, it's like 22 feet long, three and a half tons, uh, a real to keep on the road, and it never wants to drive. Is that um, the one that Joe, other Joe has? Is that the one you're talking yes, about? The one that looks like it came out of the 2016 movie? Yeah, she's. It's like it's like somewhat of a hybrid. There's some elements of 2016 that worked better on it because of the year of the hearse. Like it's one year off of the one that they used in that movie, so the red roof works for it. And he liked the low profile uh, roof rack. But then we also have like the you know there's no line bisecting the logo. There's a few things they did in that movie that were like we're gonna go a different direction. We're gonna go back closer to the original. So it's a bit of a hybrid. But you make and, it your uh, own. That's what matters most. And yeah. worth worth mentioning that 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 would be Joe's second hearse. Yeah. <laughs> and we know you. where his first one is the southern was it the uh <laughs> what do they call it southern georgia something or other or? southern georgia ballistics division of ghostbusters yeah um, they've got i met the dude that runs that at dragon con one year he's a he's a good i got him into dragon con because he didn't buy a pass and uh and i'm like don't worry just act natural <laughs> and just walk behind me and like i showed my pass hey we're going in and went through the you know because he had never seen dragon con before he was still getting into everything yeah, he's much more of a car guy, but like the getting into Ghostbusters was part of him buying that hearse and get wanting to make a thing. But it was fun. Um, but yes, we're good to know that that's in good hands. He should probably change the logo on it. But other than that, I think it's still got the original Georgia Ghostbusters logo on the back. Of it that does. Koski uh, um, Kos- at least is no longer like super irate about people doing that. I don't think he's worried that they're going to like copyright strike the logo anymore. But that was a concern for a little bit. We accidentally almost stepped on a foot there without meaning to. And we did the Krispy Kreme thing because they sent it up to corporate um, and wanted to get OKs. And they got an OK. Sony gave the OK to use the logo. It was like, oh, wow, we didn't know that we were asking. So I'm glad that turned out OK. That was some of, that was some of the first wave, but, you know, before before Ghost Corps was uh, sporting everybody's patches in the main office. It was, we, we, we really didn't, we, we were like, oh my God, what, what have we done? We've, we've revealed the fact that we make our own, our own logos as if people didn't. But um, 
But yes, yeah, it's a Sony, copyrighted logo, though. But Sony, Sony gave Krispy Kreme permission to use the logo that had uh, been put together by Michael Kosky. Yeah, it was um, only about a year later that they started yeah. asking for patches to put up at Ghost Core. Yep. So we can say that yeah, we I were one of the Sony first that we is, know of. They're very accommodating, I think, to the Ghostbusters franchises. You know, I think they know, you know, the amount of good that the franchises do. And by by us doing good, it makes them look good. So, I mean, you know, it's a win-win. It's a win-win, but you get the few people that take advantage of that, and that's when they come down hard on groups. There's been a few groups that had their their uh, stuff pulled and support from Sony pulled because what they were doing is they were making money off of the Ghostbusters image, logos. They were actually, instead of doing good and for charity work, and so they were pocketing the money. That's a no-no. And maybe I haven't worth, heard too um, many people. Let's go ahead, Michael. No worries. I was going to say maybe maybe worth mentioning um, while we're on the subject. Um, I know uh, lots of franchises handle their fundraising and community involvement um, differently depending on whatever their circumstances are. We've got a few groups that have nonprofit status. Um, Atlanta Ghostbusters uh, does not have a nonprofit status, and we really do tend to. Uh, when we get approached by a group or an organization, if someone says, hey, we'd like you to show up at our event, we might say, we, we really kind of deal with it on, a, on an event-specific basis. If it's a third party that just wants some Ghostbusters at an event, we might say, that's fine, uh, we, but we'd like you to donate a, any fees that you might want to give to us uh, towards a charity. And if you'd like us to point you towards a charity, kind of our pet charity, at least right now, uh, remains the Vasculitis Foundation, um, because that's, of course, what um, Harold Ramis uh, died from. And this is a way to keep uh, uh, keep uh, funds going in um, to help continue vasculitis research. But, um, you know, if we do a charity gig, obviously it's a charity gig. We're, we're not uh, not the kind of Ghostbuster group that pops out and works, works birthday parties for cash. Um, we always try to uh, either directly flip it. Another good example would be the... Uh, the Eggleston Children's Hospital, uh, rather than saying, hey, donate to us and then we'll donate it to the hospital, we'll use direct uh, QR code links to the hospital so that people can come to our events and donate uh, live via the QR codes and it goes straight into the pockets of the charitable organization. It's also good because I don't have to keep receipts and make sure that if anyone tries to audit us to make sure that <laughs> that money did go where we said it was going to go, I can say, hey, that money never even touched our hands, so we have we are not... <laughs> Do not worry. We're totally fine. No one's ever asked, but it's always a consideration. I'm the yeah, sort the of person that... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going <laughs> to yeah, say... the only fundraiser... <laughs> we keep... I'll, we'll I'll, end the thought, my, I'll end the thought, which is just like, I'm the sort of person that anticipates every disaster that'll come up and then tries to get ahead of it, which is, I guess, one of, the, one of my main roles in leading any group. Go ahead. The only fundraiser that we do that we actually accept money for is our Christmas fundraiser because we take that money and then go out and buy toys for local children's hospitals. And, but everything else is, yeah, we're, we're like you guys. We typically uh, will set a QR code or a link uh, to that um, organization. So we don't have to deal with it. Um, and I was going to mention that too, so, Joe. It's, it's a good thing that he mentioned the QR codes because that was one thing that we really started uh, looking at this week, especially since we've launched our new website for SmokyMountGhostbusters.com, is getting those QR codes so we can have 
smoother transaction getting our money and our donations straight to our charities like Joe was saying. That way you don't have to handle it yourself and run the risk of somebody saying, oh, you're misappropriating this and this. Nope, there's receipts for everything. It's it's like, a, I mean, we're all true organizations. So we have to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, we'll, we'll let, we'll let ch- the children's hospital uh, auditors, we'll, we'll, we'll let their accountants take care of their own donations. <laughs> yeah, we, we learned from before we even uh, officially formed the group what happens that, you know, some people like to like to make accusations on other people just because they don't like them. And uh, so you always got to make sure you're anticipating that. You know, we never go out to make any enemies, but sometimes you don't get that choice. How do you all communicate amongst your group? That's a that is a, a big question. That's one of our other uh, podcast members. He's not able to be here with us today, but one of his big uh, questions that he loves to ask is, "How do you all communicate amongst one another? How, what do you all use to keep up uh, with your membership?" Our Facebook our Facebook group is is just kind of the hub of a lot of the a lot of those communications. I mean, if if it has really anything to do with the group, um we may we may start out with just general conversation within the Facebook group, but the great part about it is that then um we uh if if a member has an idea for an event that they may want to sponsor, um you kind of throw it out to the group and I guess that that also speaks to kind of how how we're organized um as a whole. Um anyone in our group can throw that out to the to the group as a whole. Uh, via Facebook, it kind of gets uh, knocked around the courtyard a little bit. Um, people talk about pros, cons, concerns, etc. And then, if there's a group consensus, then we just jump on it. And um, the person who either threw it out to the group, they might team up with you know one or two other people. Um, but they then we then create a Facebook uh, event within the group, and that's a way that we corral all of the conversation, um, the and just the basics, everything from date, time, who's going to be there, who's bringing what, are there any special concerns that we need to think about, you know, make sure if, if you're going to do a hospital visit with kids, make sure that you read their, uh, their frequently asked questions. And we might, at the hospital, for the hospital, you know, visit program, we might drop those links directly into that event. So, so uh, Facebook is kind of the, just like the big, uh, like being in the firehouse. Um, but when it comes to an actual event, um, then we drop it directly into a Facebook group. So all the communication just takes place in the group. You, uh, like you don't use like Messenger, a Facebook Messenger or things like that. Or we'll do that for like live chatting. Like when when it's when the group is happening or, or when it's the day of the event. Uh, a lot of the time, we'll make a live chat with everyone who said that they're going to go and be like, "All right, so just so everyone knows, like this is where we said we were going to be. This was the time. This is the things that we need to have, etc." I'm here with uh, the walkie-talkies. Traffic really sucks. Come around the backside. That sort of exactly. thing. exactly. Like that's good for when things are constantly changing. The pre-planning uh, it goes a lot slower, like uh, on the on the um, actual like group page. And uh, occasionally, like we did have a, a member for a long time who was uh, who did, didn't have a Facebook account, like flat out wouldn't go on there. Had some issues with people being weird to her on uh, social media in general, and so like that. Then I had to relay a lot of stuff through text, but that was that was clumsy. That uh, I like everyone to be reading the same thing and to have the same information. Um, I, like I even when stuff comes down from Sony, I will post the entirety of the body of the email so that everyone everyone knows everything that's being said. No, you know, no one feels like they're missing any information. 
one of the one of the big things early on when we decided when we were really literally sitting around this big table together and saying, so how do we want to structure this group? It was transparency, I think, was like every third word. Everybody was just we, um, and it's it's not to say that I mean, we've we've heard about some some franchises that have kind of a hierarchical system and there are people that are on the, you know, that have been in the group for the longest or they might hold an office within the group. And those people's uh, opinion may carry more weight or less weight. We really we really came into this with the idea that um, we're just going to make sure that it's all out on the table and it's all going to be there for everybody to discuss. And that's the great thing about using using Facebook. And I, and I think that, you know, if, if we, uh, if discord had been around, um, you know, at the time back in 20, you know, if it would have been popular in, in, in late 2014, early 2015, we probably would have, uh, would have been using discord. That That's my guess these days. I feel like it helps compartmentalize things a little bit better, but we found a way to use the Facebook group to, to do just that. Yeah, I said, uh, we're I said actually looking at Discord right now as a uh, to switch over from Messenger, um, because we we had had a, a team meeting about a week ago, um, and that was one of the things that they had brought up is like, you know, would you all consider looking at Discord? So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll uh, be uh, taking a look at it, and I was actually working on that before the. Uh, uh, podcast today. So, uh, yeah, for I those see. of you who are in the SMGB uh, and listen to this podcast, yes, I am looking at Discord for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I created a Discord uh, server for us with like multiple channels and everything, and I put out the post to the group. It was like, hey, I've set all this stuff up. If we want to do this, and here's our here's our gaming channel, and here's our events channel, and here's merchandising, uh, like in t-shirt designs and stuff, and like all these different you know categories that are broken down, so you can always find the conversation you were looking for. And then like two people signed up for yep. it and it's like, okay, it's, we got too many old heads in our group. And, uh, Hey, I was like, one of the old heads that actually jumped into, <laughs> jumped into the discord. See, it's, I'm it's one of the old heads. I'm into. actually struggling with the discord idea. I'm just like, uh, that just seems a little uh, unwieldy. And I'm a techie. I am yep. a very much techie at heart. And I'm looking at discord kind of like, you know, a dog looks at that high-pitched sound, kind of like that, Ugh. I know exactly what you mean. The, like, <laughs> it took a minute to, like, I was joining other people's discords, podcasts that I like, things like that, gaming groups. And uh, it took until COVID happened before I, like, fully got comfortable with it. And, like, and now it seems easy as heck. But, like, I didn't know how to set my presets to stop giving me damn, like, notifications every time someone commented in a group that I wasn't even, like, or, like, a subgroup of, of a group that I w- didn't have any interest in. It's like, you yeah, know, I don't care what's happening in this, you know, whatever, like, local uh, Orlando events group, because I'm not anywhere near there. So, like, stop notifying me. <laughs> and then once I figure out how to set those settings easily every time I joined a new channel, it, it got easy. It, it was much easier to deal with. But I don't. I it, I learned that so gradually. I don't know how to tutorialize to other folks uh, uh, how to get started on it. It is a little. It, it comes with a lot of stuff turned on that probably shouldn't be turned on. It is a lot of poke poke around and figure it out kind of thing. Um, I, I I feel like at a certain point, Discord becomes kind of in, intuitive. Um, if I had the choice, I would set things up on Discord now and say deal with it from from the get go. But again, we've got we've got tools that work on Facebook, so we use those. Luke, you look like you got a question, buddy. 
No, I didn't have a question about that. I was just sitting here, kind of the same thing you're thinking about Discord. Is I like it, but I'm wondering, give it six months, how much, how many people would actually still be using it, and whether or not we just migrate right back to Facebook anyway. And um, that's exactly how it how it worked with us. I'm on the fence about I, it. I don't. I okay. I don't. I don't see. I'm kind of the advocate for Discord over here, being an active user of Discord every day. Here, here's the thing. I don't see it as replacing Facebook. Don't don't take that as, oh, no, we have to go straight to Discord. You know, screw Facebook. We're done with it. No, 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 no. As a tool. Use Discord as an additional resource for that. Like, like, you know, Joe said earlier, there are some people that don't have Facebook but use it as an additional resource to compartmentalize and organize things because Facebook can be a ruddy mess. We already know this. You know, there can be ideas thrown all over the place on your HQ pages. There can be stuff thrown all over the place in your messages. So Discord is like a notepad. They give it like a big notepad where people can get together. Hey, here's idea A, B, and C. Oh, guess what? It's Mark's idea A, B, and C. You know, we have an ideas channel here. Then people in there typing out their ideas. Oh, we have a merchandise channel, like Joe said. Here you go. Here's where that goes. So it's more like compartmentalizing everything than actually just throwing it out there and say, go to town. That's how my brain works. So like having everything in one big basket on Facebook sometimes gets tough. Like I got to scroll all the way down or try to find the thing that we were talking about before do a keyword search or whatever. It doesn't want to load because it's trying to load like every piece of media possible because it's Facebook. And Discord's way more, uh, like gets rid of a lot of that bottleneck. Um, it's just much more direct, but it takes a little learning. Uh, so what are y'all's membership requirements to join up with Atlanta? Um, well, it's it seems like it's pretty standard. Most groups uh, have a version of this, but ours was... Um, you know, you have to you have to ask to be a part of us. You have to have some kind of a basic costume, um, something that doesn't look you know party city, but something that's like in in universe costume. Whether that be the full flight suit, which is the normal way to go, or you have a Lewis Tully outfit, or you have a a Dana or a Janine, or or what have you. Like we're open to any characters um, uh, or any variations on the costumes. And then you have to come down. You got to meet us for an event. We got to get to know you, get a sense of who you are. Uh, we don't accept anyone that we haven't. We don't have uh, like a good idea of who we're dealing with. Um, and then just agree to the, like the terms of of being an Atlanta Ghostbuster. You, know, you got to be you got to be good with the public. We got to be accepting and and inclusive for everyone. We want people to be comfortable working with us. Um, <clears throat> and uh, whenever you have like the Whenever you you have our logo on, you got to represent the group. Like you can't go out there picking fights or or being a being a creep or whatever. Yeah, we um if if a if we have a person from from the outside, and of course you know the the more public events you do, the and particularly here in Atlanta, being kind of geek central and home of Dragon Con, um you know we we may show up to do an Atlanta Ghostbusters event and poof a couple of extra really well equipped <laughs> really well well costumed ghostbusters show up and we find out that they they live in just an, a little suburb you know maybe right at, right outside of town or they've been they they recently moved to atlanta so um you know we do feel like it's great that you, people can come to a, come to a group and and have fantastic costumes um 
and uh, and maybe great equipment, but we really want to be able to kind of get at least get a feel for the type of person that you are, um, how you gel out in public, how you gel with the members of the group. Um, if you're a, a, if you're a friend or an acquaintance of someone within the group. Um, who can kind of a little vouch for you a little bit more tightly and say, well, you know, this person's just wanting to get involved in Ghostbusters, but I know that this person's, um, uh, you know, they maybe they're involved with a charity group. They, uh, they, we, or they can kind of speak to their character and that they're not just some weird bird that's going to flake on you. Um, you know, if if a, if an existing member vouches for you, um, it still gets thrown out to the group for discussion, um, and. Uh, but occasionally someone who has a very good relationship with a couple of people within the group, that's kind of, if that person kind of vouches for them, we'll say, well, we've all, someone, someone that we care about has already sounded you out and made sure that you're, you're not a jerk. Um, and, I, and I think that's, I mean, that, at the end of the day, it boils down to, um, I'm not sure if we're a G-rated podcast or not, um, but uh, Will, Will Wheaton's law, the Wheaton's law is don't be a dick. Um, and that is, it's actually encoded, encoded in the FAQ that Joe finally put together. Yeah. My, my, so that means my terminology, no picks, right? There you go. Yeah. My terminology <laughs> was, uh, is my friend, don't be a jerk or a major creep. Cause those are two bankman lines. Yeah. So I adapt, I adapted it. I think, I think Will we like, I would actually have pause if Will Wheaton wanted to join the group. Cause I'd be like, man, you don't follow that rule very much. <laughs> <laughs> don't invite you don't, you don't necessarily work and play well with others right don't he's been cool guy. the last couple don't of years but he used Will to, to your D D session mm-hmm. he well unless you're going to kill him and humiliate him and he, he just has to take it Power that, was the, that was the, i do I've, love I've, will wheaton in the uh ready player one audiobook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very good reader of that he does yeah, do he, good audiobook readings i listened to when he did the uh was it the the D D uh, whatever the I forget the dark elf dude <laughs> the the famous fan Strix. fiction character of D and D is that it it's true it's Drix talking about the drow elf Drix, Drix. yes yes Drix yeah okay I was like I, I had like several versions of that in my head that I was like I'm gonna say the wrong one <clears throat> he was good in that one I know he's the was it he's the president or the vice president in Ready Player One <laughs> which is just like yeah that's the right tone for this book yeah he was the uh, I think he was one of the presidents of the community council or something like that in the book. Yeah. It's like, he's just, he just runs on a campaign of net neutrality. I'm like, okay. It's like, I'm sure there's way worse options. All right. I know everybody has got one. I got to hear some funny stories about uh, the Atlanta ghostbusters. What, why are you, what are you going to tell us to make us absolutely laugh? Michael, you go first. You have the good. You usually keep the good stories. Oh my God, which which one? Um. A, so if you if you're Facebook friends with Michael, he occasionally makes these posts called uh, "Adventures in Urban Ghostbusting." Yeah, and it's just like interactions <laughs> that he has because he drives his daily driver is the Ecto One H, which is the the Toyota Prius done up with the full livery and sometimes the roof rack. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the uh, yeah the the Ecto One H uh, we. At one point, we had as many as four different Atlanta Ghostbusters vehicles in town. And um, Atlanta itself, for, for all of its suburbs and the like, is still a pretty small town. So the crazy part was that when I'd roll up in the Ecto-themed Prius, um, it was just so 
so real, both fantasy and real world at the same time that people couldn't get their heads around it. Um, add to it the fact that it's it's my daily driver, and I'd occasionally, um, nine times out of ten, I'd have a Ghostbuster jacket in the back of the car that had the logo on it or whatever. Um, you had the clipboard on the on the uh, yeah on clip, the dashboard clipboard with on the, the dashboard that's with got the, the work, work order, order. and the fit. <laughs> um, a Polaroid of a ghost. Uh, uh, yeah, and 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 props and and the like. So the, the 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 funny thing is that here in here in Atlanta, people will stop people will stop you. Um, and we do try to be sensitive to the fact that if somebody's actually going to come and ask you with a question about legitimate ghosts, well, if they're going to come up to somebody who is in what's pretty obviously a, a costume and a and a you know a car that's more of a fan related car, it's not a legitimate ecto. Um, you know, it's not a 56 miller meteor, but if somebody's going to come up to you, come on, 59, ex- God, okay. Oh so Michael's out of the group, revoke, kick him from the car, revoke my card. No, I'm revoking uh, your uh, ghost anyway. fan license. It's <laughs> <Quick>. <laughs> I'm gone. It was great knowing you guys. Okay. Anyway, that being said, when you drive, when you drive an, uh, an Ecto tribute vehicle, um, that looks really s- still solid and legit for what it is. People will come up to you and ask you questions. Um, I, they, and they, you try to be a little bit, little bit sensitive. Um, but, um, one time I was, I remember pulling up in a, in a drive through and, uh, this lady, she, she ran over to the window and she's like, are you real? Are you a real ghostbuster? And I said, yeah, we're, yes, of course, ma'am. Cause we, we, we kind of made it a, our, yes, our of business. course we're serious, years, <laughs> right? Years ago, we kind of came to this conclusion. We said, how are we going to handle this when we're out as a group and random people pop up? Are we going to play it straight? Are we going to tell them about the franchise, about the fandom? And we pretty much agreed this was outside of an eighties night. Um, I wanted to never break character, and I've since <laughs> gone back on that because of some of the interactions. It's kind of like wrestling. It's like we 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 try to keep up kayfabe, and it's one of those things where. Uh, so my my basic way of handling it is to go straight, at least in the very beginning of it. I may I may break and then talk about the fandom and the like. But uh, this lady, she ran over from one side of the Taco Bell to the to the drive-through window, and she needed desperately to know if we really caught ghosts and of course said yes ma'am 24 hours a day for all your supernatural elimination needs and she says no no you can't (laughs) do that that's someone's relative and 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 you just don't even they have to be able to pass on and here i am getting into this deep philosophical conversation at the drive-thru and the late and and i and i assured her and i said well let me just bring it (laughs) let me just bring it down for a little bit you should know that when we trap the ghost it's a very humane process. <laughs> oh and then, but, but, I, but, I, but I had a ghost trap in the car, and I reached in the back, and I pulled out a ghost trap, and I said, now the trap part, that's kind of like a cross between a blender and a toilet. So it's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and she let out a shriek, and she ran away. And I was just like... <laughs> feel a little guilty, but you got to get stories. So it's, so who could say wow. if it's bad or not? <laughs> right. There was another time I was, I was outside. I swear, not everything has to do with fast food. But I was outside of Wendy's. Yeah, you're supposed had, to be health conscious. You're right. like a... <laughs> Here I he's am. Our, he's our, our, our laboratory decisions. chef. You know, stay fit, make good decisions. Right, but I was I was I had pulled into a pulled uh, at, at a Wendy's and um, I had ordered. Uh, I, I was actually trying to do the right thing. I had ordered uh, a sandwich and a drink with no fries, and they still gave me fries. And I said, "Well, a, I didn't order the fries. Please take it off. Please take it off my uh, off my my ticket." 
And secondly, just take the fries back. And they're like, no, really, you can have the fries. I'm trying to be the health conscious guy, right? So I'm like, no, I don't want the fries. They if they're say, in my car, I'm going to eat them. Right. You can't do like, this to me. They're like, but just keep the fries. And I'm <laughs> And I grabbed the ghost trap and I brandished it at the window and I said, I said, if you don't take these fries back, I'm going to open up this ghost trap and I'm going to haunt the blank out of this Wendy's. <laughs> and that was when she reached into her own pocket and like gave me a buck and a half. It was great. So uh, you yeah. have the drive through ransom with the ghost trap. <laughs> yeah. So I will haunt the crap out of this Wendy's. Oh, man. I had uh God, I, I had a similar interaction, not not quite as as animated, because I'm like I'm always trying to be super compassionate. I'm trying to make that really split second call. Do I do I mess with this person? Are they playing along with me, or or do I break character to to not avoid an incident? Like, uh, and and sometimes I end up playing it safe a little more than I should. But the uh, I, I was in an apartment complex for years, and one of my like most of my neighbors were Hispanic, uh, and I had a lady coming up who whose English was pretty rough, uh, but she's like, she had seen me going in and out with my Ghostbusters outfit, loading my stuff into my car. Um, I don't think I had the lo- door logos on it by that point, but like, because I've got the magnet door logos now. But um, she's just like, I needed to ask you, like, did you, you know, it's like, do you really do this? You can't do this. These are, you know, it's like, these are people. These are, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, well, you know, don't, you know, don't worry. Like, it's like, everything is, everything is perfectly handled. This is a last resort sort of thing. Uh, you know, and then, uh, and then so like, she kept on, like, I, she was like w- really emotionally like keyed up. And I was like, finally, I'm so sorry. Like, listen, this is, it's just a movie. Don't worry about it. We do costume events for like, you know, you know, kids events, things like that, public events. She's like, Oh, Hey, I'm so thank you. So, you know, so much. It's like, Oh, don't worry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You got upset. <laughs> like, like she was coming from a place of compassion. Like she wasn't like trying to attack me or anything, but she was really concerned. Uh, well, my uh, question God, is, was, my question is for y'all based on that. I, I mean, I've seen this happen personally too about that. Do you think it comes from lack of people not seeing the movie or they just have no idea what they're looking at? I mean, I think these are, these are folks that live in a different worldview. Uh, like they're, they're, they're usually it's because they're very religious. Um, and it's just like, that's not an experience that I share, but it's, you know, but I, you know, I grew up Catholic. Like I know, I know my lore, uh, even if I don't, yeah, it's, it's the same way. Like I know a lot about the background of the star Wars universe. And I think it's really interesting. I just don't think Wookiees are real, but the, um, you know, but I'm respectful. Like I'm not out there trying, I can't prove one way or another. I'm not out there to tell someone they're wrong, but the, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those, like, this is a thing that gets them through the day. Like, you know, they're, they've got these like they've got this strong faith in whatever it is they they have and if it's not hurting anybody like i'm like okay i just got to i got to step around this and and be nice to these folks and you know honestly like the background coming to, to it from you know trying to incorporate that into the ghostbusters fiction is very interesting to me so i like to do that whenever i can i like to be like oh these aren't these aren't pure egos of of you know of uh, past souls this is more like a footprint or or a shadow on the wall like they've moved on and this is what they've left behind like if i have to explain it to a person that is like willing to listen and isn't like extremely emotionally keyed up i'll go that route well no joe what uh, i mean is what what gets them that way it's not their faith or yeah. or stuff what i mean is like my question is you, like why they believe why they that, believe that, that ghostbusters are real? are real like don't get me wrong if we had an option i think they want ride. to Wait a minute. We're not real? Maybe in well, your own I, mind, John. I feel, I feel real. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm corporeal on this plane. I can touch things, but no. 
what I mean is, is like, I've had that actually somebody seriously, legitimately again, come up to me and say, you really do this? I said, I wish, you know, if, if ghost busting was a real job, I'd do it. You know, I'm just, you know, yeah, when, who wouldn't? When like, yeah, when a kid asks me if it's all real, I'm like, yeah, of course. Oh, like, yeah. I oh, think yeah, we would do this for fun. Do, right. Yeah. Like this is a like this is a hard job. We get really messy. Like we wouldn't, you know, we we do this for the paycheck. Come on, like this is for this is all this is all real There's and legit. A steady paycheck in it. I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, but yeah, it's it's people really truly want to believe, and they're going to see evidence where there where evidence doesn't exist, and that that is on every you know on every level. Like you know, people people that see you know see Bigfoot and the people that see Mothman. Like, yeah, I want those things to be real for for sure. I'm always going to look with a critical eye at that, but like, I don't really think I'm going to see real evidence of it. Um, like I got I like I want to. But like when but, they look you know, at our there's equipment, other folks that are on the other like, end. Well, here, here's the kicker too. Like you let a patron look at your pack. You know, you're wearing it. You show them the thrower. Where do they really look at that and think that works? Even if they press the button, you're like, it's a light show. Well, but the, but the, but you know, for, we we kind of we kind of live and we as Ghostbusters live and marinate in that world. We know that they're vacuum formed or they're three D printed or that they're a fiberglass piece or whatever. And I don't know. I, I feel like there's 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 equal parts. I mean, there's equal parts of unfa- unfamiliarity, and there there is a, there's a certain thing that happens when somebody in the public runs across a guy in a full-fledged Ghostbuster outfit with all the equipment, it is it is a mind-boggling thing to walk up to because that stuff doesn't it doesn't exist in, in the real world. And to see someone who's fully kitted out, I think it kind of breaks people's brain. And I think and that's we, half we of want it. that. Right. Yeah, you, you like, want that. We we want to look plausible enough where someone questions reality, at least for a moment. Like so like that's just it that's just that what we're actually going for is just it's just going a step beyond what we what we intended when we had the cars driving around we had like like uh, michael said we had like three or four cars that were going around with a full ghostbusters livery on people's daily drivers going to and from work in different parts of the city people would see them people would see them parked at the marta station people would see them in, in traffic we got we would get calls sometimes uh, <laughs> or not calls really because we don't actually have a phone number that relays but we have uh we would get emails and, and facebook messages and, and twitter messages of being like hey i'm behind this car in in <laughs> you know on ponce and i, I need legit? to know what is your deal like this is way more elaborate than just like someone who's you know just having a having a lark, um, and like that's what we go, that's what we go for. We want people to like be not sure if the Ghostbusters are real. We just don't want to confront someone who's like accusing us of spirits rights violations. I I think that there's also I mean when when we look at the when we look at the movies I mean the the movie characters exist in a very in a very real world. It just happens to have all this weird psychic manifestations going on. I mean that that that's where it goes off the rails. But at the end of the day, when you look at Ackward's idea that they're just that they're just exterminators. At the end of the day, they just want to get the work done, cash the check. Um and I think that that's something that we strive for when we're when we're out in public is is pretty much just playing it straight. But I think there's there's a second part to that uh to that equation and that is that people people desperately they, they want Ghostbusters in, in their lives. Um, I've said it before, and I'm sure you guys see the same thing. Um, we, Ghostbusters, I say, are they're, they're America's goodwill ambassadors. When you see a guy in a Ghostbuster outfit on the street, you uh, a- after the initial shock wears off, 
um, people start smiling at you. And I mean, you you see it when you walk you, when you walk out in public. You see the forty something year old dudes going. You you can see them doing the calculation of man, I wish I had a proton pack like that. Um, and you see <laughs> and you see the kids who are like, oh my god, it's a real Ghostbuster. You know, you I I just feel like there's a there's this certain kind of feel good vibe that we give off and it doesn't matter where we are. I mean, Joe, you saw it when we were in New York, I was say, we were in, full of Ghostbusters. In, in New York's in New York city, a town that has for a long time had a reputation of being a bit standoffish to, uh, to strangers, just interacting with us nonstop, like smiles, uh, smiles ear to ear, just so happy mm-hmm. to see us. And and even and even internationally, when we were living overseas, I worked with the French and Italian Ghostbusters, or went to a couple of events with those guys. And um, you know, I'd, I'd wear a Ghostbusters jacket in, in the streets just as a again, kind of like my daily driver outfit, just because it was you know handy. But it's the same kind of thing. I remember walking up as soon as I met the French Ghostbusters. It was at an event. We had just arrived like three hours before, and they like first off walked the up plane, to, yeah, literally off the plane. We changed clothes, went to the gig, and the very first question they asked were, "Do you know the dance? Do you know the Ghostbuster dance?" And uh, and we walked into a toy store and did the did the da 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 da, you know the 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 uh, real Ghostbusters dance. But it's the same thing. Here I am in Paris, um, in kind of casual Ghostbuster gear, but still stuff that looks pretty legit—not just a T-shirt, but you know, a, a you know name name patch and and a fitted fitted jacket, maybe even a, a yellow and black striped uh, necktie, that kind of thing. And um, the same way that in Paris, I, that in New York, um, people will stop you and say, "Ghostbusters, yeah, all right." Um, I'd get that in Paris, which is again notorious for being really standoff. Yeah, uh, standoffish. Um, and um, I just feel like like the world the world maybe doesn't have Ghostbusters, but the world needs Ghostbusters, and that's half of the equation. You know, and I totally get what you're saying about that forty something year old guy. Well, maybe not forty something. About it just reminded me about ten years ago. Uh, there's a little town in Tennessee called Jonesboro, and they have a, a trick or treat um, event uh, that people that you would go down the, the street and to all the businesses and do your trick or treating. And we had went there with me, and I, th- I think my oldest son might have been maybe one or two years old. And there was these three guys, maybe early twenty somethings. They had they were dressed up like Ghostbusters. They had really good packs on, and it was just that that instant smile came across my face, and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I was just like, man, I would give anything to be one of those guys. And at that point in time, I had no idea about building a pack, putting together a uniform, uh, and you know, I would have never thought that you know maybe fifteen years later or 12 years later, you know, here I am, you know, dressed up, you know, in the flight suit. I've built my own 3D printed pack and people coming up to me and probably having that same emotional uh, experience, you know, and people, you know, they will come up and be like, dude, your pack looks just like what we see in the movies, you know, and that is a very big point of pride for me when somebody just says, your pack looks exactly like the movie. And, you know, I get it. I, I see exactly what you're talking about. Cause I, at one time I was that guy. 
So yeah, it was a very, you know, it's a very emotional thing for me to know that I get to, I can bring that same kind of happiness to somebody. I remember you made me think of the first time I saw um, like an adult uh, in full Ghostbuster gear in my adult life. Cause I like, I loved the, I loved the cartoon first and then my dad rented me the movie and we went to go see Ghostbusters two in theaters when I was five. And uh, and so I was like hard in uh, until until eventually Ninja Turtles came around and swept Ghostbusters down a little bit, and and then I got back into it as a teenager. Like there was they were playing, I think one or Ghostbusters one or two on Comedy Central. I think it was it was the first one, and like they were they were playing it, and like I was picking up on jokes I never got when I was a kid. So I'm like 15, and I'm like, oh my god, like this this movie is incredible, and so. Uh, I got around to college age and like, and I was like sort of incorporating like my love of Ghostbusters in as like, here's a personality quirk of mine. Like, I, you know, it's my logo on, on uh, this, you know, in this video game service or whatever. And then uh, I think it was 2003. Uh, I was at SCAD. The first thing that t- took to me down to Georgia from Boston was I went to Sav- the Savannah college of art and design in Savannah before they set up the Atlanta campus. Uh, and it was, it was Halloween that year. I had like, a lame zombie costume or something I put together last minute. Cause it's like, Oh, we're all adults, but we're getting into Halloween costumes. That f- rules. I love being at art school. And, <laughs> and so I was, I did myself up and I felt pretty proud of myself for like a last minute costume. And I see four dudes in painters coveralls, like not even the right color, but just like painters coveralls and like backpacks that had uh, cardboard boxes, like taped around them, spray painted black, with uh, um, glow sticks inside of them to make the lights. And like, they were just going around as the Ghostbusters and it looked like the coolest thing in the world to me. Like you would be laughed out of any of the costume groups. Like right now, if you showed up and you're like, this is my costume, but it, that doesn't matter. Like that was amazing. Cause I never saw it before. Uh, and I, and from that point forward, I was like, okay, I want to do this thing. Like I got online, I found gbfans.com. Like, I'm like, I'm going to do this thing eventually. And it was one of those things where I planned for years what I was going to do and ended up doing the whole thing in like a week before I think 2008 Halloween. Like I put my flight suit together and I was like, this is screen accurate. It's an actual flight, uh, khaki flight suit with the patches that I got for, you know, online and all that. It's not screen accurate, but it was like, it was a, I think it was a Nomex flight suit or something. Uh, but, but it was a lot closer than what you bought at the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, and then that was just, it just snowballed from there. Like it was, it moved on from that point, but it was, uh, you know, eventually finding out that there was groups of people that did this, wanting to do that, not finding any in Massachusetts at the time. Now there's like three that I talked to now that I've moved away. Uh, was it, I went to New York comic con, uh, when the, when the video game was released. And I think the New Hampshire ghostbusters were there and their gear. And like, I saw a lot of details I didn't remember from seeing in the movies. And I was like, okay, there's a lot more to this. And then like I moved down here and I was like, I'm going to make, a, I'm going to take my suit. I'm going to join up with the local group. I'm going to go to the local convention. Cause I lived like a 10 minute walk from dragon con, my first apartment in downtown Atlanta back when rent was super cheap. Cause we were in the, you know, at the bottom of a recession. Uh, and then it just, and, and that was, uh, those were the steps. Like it just uh, escalated a little bit, you know, from different stages of my life to, to now it's my primary costume thing. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you all for coming on to the show and we appreciate you taking your time and we've really enjoyed it. Y'all have any, any closing remarks before we uh, put this thing to bed? I wanted to hear, 
I wanted to ask them about their charities, John. What 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 are you guys uh, supporting now? You got anything coming up? You got any events that uh, you need to plug? Anything like that? Um, well, we just did Children's Health Care of Atlanta. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just did Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. We always, uh, whenever we can't think of anything else, we always default back to the Vasculitis Foundation. We've done um, uh, Open Hand Atlanta. We've done Lost and Found Youth, which is a, a, a LGBT youth center, like for for kids that you know get kicked out of their home or can't go back to their home because it's a dangerous situation. There's uh, or just are living homeless. Um, there is uh, what else? Um, We've we've yeah, done we've done on and off with the cancer society back in back in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, at at the end of the day, um, if if we ever if we ever have uh, just need a fallback position, we'll take uh, whatever profits from an event and kick them to the Vasculitis Foundation. Um, that that's kind of the at at the end of the day, if if we're not doing an, uh, a really focused campaign for a particular group, um, we'll try to direct um, uh, donations to the Vasculitis Foundation. Yeah, they're not like a super public looking, you know, they don't have a lot of marketing behind them, that sort of thing. So they're an easy one to go back to. And it has a Ghostbusters connection. And and we're looking, we're looking forward. This is one of those things, you know, we're 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 all trying to figure out how best to navigate COVID. Um, we're starting to see hospital visits are starting to pop back up again with some of the local local groups. I don't think right now in this exact moment that they're doing any hospital visits. Um, but when we went and did the the toy drive for Eggleston and did the drop off with all the toys for Eggleston for Christmas, um, the uh, they've got a new event manager and they said, hey, we can't wait to have you guys once we open that program back up again. So um, I foresee Eggleston Children's Hospital being uh, back on the roster again real soon. Yeah. So we, and as far as events going, we have the, uh, there's like a Lego convention we're going to be doing next month, uh, called, I think Atlanta brick con. They've changed their name before. I think it used to be celebration. Uh, so that's Brick-Con usually now. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, we'll have a table up. We'll have the fire of Ghostbusters firehouse built. We'll have the little Ecto one. And, uh, and I brought a ghost train to assemble and just, you know, it's a good place to interact with families, small groups. Uh, and then in March we have a St. Patrick's day uh, parade. That they do every year here in Atlanta, so uh, that one's that one's one we love to do. We've got you know we'll have Slimer there in in all of all of her green glory, and uh, I keep on wanting someone to get into a Lady Liberty costume, but I don't know if it's ever going to actually happen. Just you know, just as much green as possible. But we have uh, shown we have shown up at the Atlanta Christmas Parade with the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future in tow, along with along with a car and Ghostbusters. So that's kind of fun too. <laughs> Yeah, we keep them corralled together. We can't let them. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of rich folks down in downtown Atlanta. We don't want them bothering them. You know, getting them to uh, reform their ways. I was about and, to say that's your uh, give back that's to society. Clients right there. Exactly. Like we need. You know, we, we got to get we got to get funded. Plutonium's not cheap. Oh no no no! It's carbon fourteen. Didn't you know that? It's not plutonium anymore. You're on the old system. Well, I mean, a lot of our stuff is pretty old. We'll have to update it at some point. That's why. That's yeah. why I drive the Ecto Prius. You see, I'm trying to. I'm trying to reduce the franchise's carbon footprint. Yeah, we're working on fusion power now, but you know, it's hard to do on a shoestring. Uh, but anyway, we'll call if, Doc yeah, Brown it, for that. Keep, yeah, Michael can test that. I think he's got a flex capacitor uh, hybrid drive in that I car. I do have a flux. When when we with the few t- we've done one Make a Wish ride um, where you've actually taken kids for for a ride in my in my Ecto, but I've got a I've got a panel in the 
in the back of the Ecto with the intent that, that, that lights up and makes noises and has buttons that kids can push. And, and the great, I remember telling, telling the, the kid, I was like, whatever you do, don't push that big red button, the big red button that's right next to you. Don't push that. The big red button. The one that's right the one in front of you. You're not going to push it, right? That hand, child <laughs> hand sized button. <laughs> that was designed for every child to, to want to reach out for. And sure that's the enough, only time we've ever like run lights and sound on a public street when it wasn't Dragon Con. <laughs> and we didn't ask permission first, but we made an exception because that kid was that kid was not doing well. So right. it's like we'll we will we will tank whatever the uh, repercussions are for this. It's like I'll take that, sure, that that ticket, officer. Go ahead and just hand it to right. me. No, I'll eat it. Yeah. Just hand me the ticket. She's a, well, sure, and sure, sure, sure enough with the big red, sure enough with the big red button. She, uh, I heard, I heard a <laughs> from, from the back of the from the back of the car where she had reached out and pressed the big red button. But anyway, you can find us on uh, AtlantaGhostbusters.com or uh, we have we have a homepage on AtlantaGhostbusters.org. It's a little sparse right now. .com brings you to our Facebook page. We've got at ATL Ghostbusters on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, just yeah, if you want to see what we get up to, those are our those are our socials. All right, guys. Well, thank you all very much for being on the show. And we will uh, be uh, seeing you around. Maybe we'll make our way down to Dragon Con one year and yeah, hang out happy with you to guys. Yep. All right. Well, everybody, have a good afternoon and good night and God bless, my friends. Take care. Take care.